0: And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and the witnesses are the people who went before us, all the men and women of faith, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I think it's important that our circumstances have changed, but we've still got a race that's uh, marked out for us, and the race hasn't changed actually, just the context and the circumstances have changed. And the race we're on, we're ministers of reconciliation, we're kingdom men and women, we've got a message of grace and hope and life to bring to people, we've got solutions for impossible situation, our mission can be summarised on earth as it is in heaven and the writer to Hebrews is saying look there are times and there are circumstances and there are events that will impact your faith so fix your eyes on Jesus, but also recognize that you're surrounded by a host of witnesses. Why? So that we don't become weary and uh, keep going even when context and circumstances are challenging. Somebody said statistically that evangelicals or Bible believers, when they hit circumstances like these, about 85% quit their faith in Jesus So or quit in the sense of they no longer want to be radical, or they no longer want to follow like they have done. So these Hebrews verses are powerful in terms of um, finding the keys for perseverance, enduring, and not becoming weary. And basically the writer is saying, if you don't want to quit, you want to keep running, you want to finish the race that's been marked out for you, you want to be ministers of reconciliation, there's only one thing you need to do, and that's fix your eyes on Jesus. And these verses are outlining how did Jesus navigate the most challenging and darkest night that he, that he ever faced? How did uh, Jesus uh, navigate this moment in his obedience to the Father? And it's interesting that this, this moment that we read about in Hebrews 1, this moment is full of joy for Jesus. It says, for the joy set before him, And at the same time, it was a moment full of darkness and despair that we see these two things. We see joy and we see despair happening in the same moment. And as you've heard Rochelle say, actually joy is is a mindset. That joy is a mindset. It's not just an event, an emotional event because of circumstances. So we see Jesus navigating these moments of pain and shame. We see him navigating them. One, he doesn't deny what's going on. But at the same time, even though he's facing incredible excruciating pain and humiliation, he's not taken off course by them. That Jesus is this amazing example of navigating these two things. So Jesus is facing in this moment of the cross emotional pain um he's facing yeah. um suffering emotional and uh, there's humiliation um there's the moment where everybody says you're unworthy you know he's been going around he's the teacher people have been calling him rabbi and now suddenly he's facing the reality that he's going to be hung on a cross which is the most shameful way that a person could die to to be hung on a cross literally is to be cursed is to be in the place of being considered the worst possible sinner and we know that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are but was completely without sin and yet suddenly he's having to face the reality where I'm going I'm going to be considered cursed a sinner a failure and a liar that everybody's going to look on and say you know what if you're really the son of god what are you doing dying in this place? And the writer of Hebrew says he looked at this reality, this humiliation, this shame, this emotional suffering, and it says he scorned it. In other words, he could look at shame, humiliation, and emotional suffering, but he kind of said, it's beneath my consideration. Um, I'm not even going to Regard it as significant and important. This emotional suffering is not going to get me off course. I'm going to keep going. So, and the writer to Hebrews also says he endured the physical agony. So, there's emotional suffering in this context and there's physical agony. And Jesus endured it. To endure something is to suffer patiently in the midst of agony, that Jesus remained firm even when he was suffering physically. The the cross is excruciatingly painful, and it says that Jesus endured under such pain. But he didn't just endure for endurance sake. He endured because he had a vision, he had a mission, and he had a joy that was set before him. It wasn't just something to get through. He got through it and endured under it because he knew why he was here, and he knew what he had come to achieve. He had a vision. And then the writer says that he sat down in in chapter 12, he endured the cross he scorned its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of god to sit down if you are a, a a conquering king when you sit down that's another way of saying it's finished when someone's standing up that means they're still in the midst of the battle but it says that jesus scorned the shame endured the pain for the joy of the 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 vision before him. And then he sat down. In other words, there was an end. Mm. There was a victory. There was a conquest. There was an enemy that had been beaten. Sickness was beaten. Satan was beaten. Sin was beaten. And so Jesus sat down. There was a finish line. And Jesus said, I'm going to push through all that because he saw there is a finish line and it's all worth it. And Jesus is the author and the perfecter of that kind of faith in us, too. And to conclude, all we really need to do is concentrate on Jesus. It says Jesus is offering faith, he's perfecting faith, he's creatively thinking about our faith, he's developing our faith. And we need to be those who, in the midst of this, the finish line is not just whenever this is over whenever coronavirus is over whenever um, social distancing is over the finish line is actually we're running an eternal race there's an eternal reward there's a moment of good and faithful servant there's a moment of each of us completing the assignment of love to love those around us to love our neighbor to love the community to love greenwich to love london to love europe to love the parts of the world that we're called, we've come from and called to, there's a race to run and there is a finish line. And to run well, we just need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes with a joy mindset. This is worth it. This is for the glory of God. This is for the renown of God. This is for the purpose of God. This is for the exaltation of God. This is for the reconciliation of men and women to God. This is for the kingdom to come on the earth as it already is in heaven. This is to see the world reached and the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And we need to look at Jesus and look at his practices. Jesus practiced solitude. He got up early and went to be with the Father. Jesus practiced silence. He listened to the Father. He moved when the Father said move. We need to look at Jesus' attitude to scripture when he was in the desert and tempted by the enemy. He said that he used scripture in his warfare. We need to learn from Jesus that Jesus was single-minded in his obedience to the Father. He said, I, it is for this hour that I've come. Um, not my will be done, but yours be done if this cup of bitterness can pass me by, if this shame and physical excruciating pain could pass me by, Father, let it pass me by. there's another way to get the mission done, get it done another way. But not my will be done, but yours be done. So I think in these times, we need to have a big vision perspective. Like those Hebrews 11, men and women of faith, we're living for a city that we can't see, we're living for purposes that go beyond even the temporal that we're in, we're living for lives that count for God, that glorify God, that are going to play our part as a local community to see the will of God done on earth on earth as it's done in heaven. So Jesus, I really pray that we'd have, like Tim was saying, we would have encounters with you in this place and that we'd be caught up with your huge global purposes for the whole earth, that God we would be caught up with your mission and vision that God would have joy mindsets for the joy that's set before us, that God is not just about what's going to happen in July or June or May and when this is over and things get back to normal, this is about eternity, this is about the eternal um, issue for men and women, and this is about the reality that God, we're citizens of no small city, and we're, we're, we're pilgrims on our way through, passing through, we're, we're going, we're on our way home, God, this isn't our home, we're ambassadors here. We're ambassadors of another age, another kingdom, and another way of seeing. So I pray, catch us up with eternal perspective for the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the agony of the cross, and he scorned the humiliation and the shame of people's opinion of him in that vulnerable place. Amen.